Hi, it is Jen Wilson, the Healing Rebel here and welcome to another episode of the podcast. So I'm recording today on, I don't know what day it is, Wednesday, the 12th of October, which is World Arthritis Day. And these days are all about raising awareness for different health conditions and this is happening within October. October is Mental Health Awareness Month, Menopause Awareness Month, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. But today specifically is Arthritis Awareness Day. And when I was looking into it, in the UK there are 10 million people diagnosed with arthritis. So that's about, there's what, 66-67 million people in the UK so that's at least a sixth of the country. I then was looking at the Scottish statistics and yet again, Scotland comes out worse. So in Scotland, we've got a population of less than 5.5 million and we have 1.5 million people with arthritis in Scotland, which really breaks my heart. Why is that happening? A lot of the time, it can be from an injury that the joint gets damaged, and then there's weight, or the cartilage gets damaged, and then there's wear and tear. Living a sedentary lifestyle, which dries out your joints. So if your joints are not moving, a little bit of an anatomy lesson here for you. If your joints don't move, they don't release a thing called synovial fluid, which is what moisturizes and oils the joints. So if you only use your thumbs to scroll through your phone or you're sitting hunched over a desk all the time, there are lots of joints in your body that are not getting to move. And by moving these, if you've not got arthritis, move your body. It's my mantra, move your body because movement heals. It acts as a pump, gets everything in your body moving, your circulation's going, your lymphatic system's going. Everything is moving around. And if you have got arthritis, then moving the joints and building strength around the joints and the muscles is what's going to help prevent the arthritis from getting any worse. Now, there are a few different types of arthritis. I'm going to just touch on three of the more common ones. So you've got osteoarthritis, which is where there's wear and tear in the joints. Cartilage is broken down and the bones start rubbing on each other. And the joint structure starts to break down. So that's where having strong, uh, strong muscular, I can't say that today, strong muscles um, will help protect your joints. Now, if your muscles are weak, then obviously that's going to cause a problem. But if your muscles are tight, that's also going to cause a problem because that's going to restrict the movement in the joint. Then we've got rheumatoid arthritis. So rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune condition. That's where you will get very hot, very inflamed joints. And you might have you might see people with sort of their fingers all off to one side. Um, my granda had rheumatoid arthritis and it was in I think every single joint on his body. It looked so painful. And there are medications that really help keep that at bay. But if you can do practices lifestyle practices, movement practices that help reduce the inflammation and the stress in your body, whether that's emotional stress or physical stress, 
that's going to help reduce that inflammation. So can you eat oily fish a couple of times a week? If you can't eat the fish, can you take a supplement? Is the omega-3s that you need to really help? Vitamin E as well is really good for moisturising the body from the inside out. Can you have your anti-inflammatory foods? So it's well documented now that the Mediterranean diet is a really good diet for reducing inflammation, which is lots of fresh fruit and vegetables, lots of olive oil and fish a couple of times a week. And the oilier the fish, the better. So tuna, salmon, preferably wild rather than farmed so that they've got the natural oils and not canned because they lose a lot of the um, essential oils from there. Avoiding seed oils, so your sunflower oil, your rapeseed oil, um, sometimes that's called rapeseed, sometimes called canola, vegetable oils, peanut oil. These oils are really inflammatory and it's not this the the blah, 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 what am I trying to say? It's not the sunflower that's the problem. It's the way it's been processed to make an oil. When these oils are first created, they are really unpleasant to taste, and they have got really rancid smells. And they go through this cleaning product to take the taste out, to take the smell out, to leave you with this byproduct oil. And if you are aware of something that was talked about a lot in the sort of last 20 years was trans fats. It's now illegal to put trans fats into food. However, the process of creating these seed oils causes trans fats to naturally occur. And those trans fats are still dangerous, even though they're not the, the oil hasn't been made into a trans fat per se. There are still trace elements of these trans fats in the oil, so we need to remove them from our diets. And they're in everything. If you look at anything that has a recipe list, you can almost guarantee that you have got some sort of vegetable oil or sunflower oil in there. And even when they claim that they're high oleic, I don't even know what that means, but They've still been, they're still a processed oil. Now, the oils that are good, olive oil, extra virgin, preferably organic, even better. Avocado oil, palm oil, as far as the research I've seen at the time of recording, um, isn't a pro, doesn't seem to be causing problems in our health, but obviously there was a big awareness around palm oil and how it's not environmentally friendly because of the damage it's doing to the um, habitat of orangutans. So looking into where the palm oil is sourced from, when it says sustainable, what does that really mean? Making sure that you're doing your groundwork. Um, Coconut oil, similar to the palm oil in the farmers that farm the coconuts are not always fairly treated. There can be a slave slave labour um, involved in that. So trying to make sure that you're buying a product where you can kind of get, where they're very clear on their chain of supply. So that if it's something that bothers you, you can have as ethical a practice as, pro- as possible. The other things... 
I've already mentioned moving your body, building strength. So Pilates, something that I teach, is absolutely brilliant for people with arthritis. Just about every single exercise that we do in Pilates can be done in a variety of different start positions. So some of them, traditionally, they would be lying on your back. If you can't get down on the floor, there are options to do these exercises seated or standing. There are exercises that you would maybe do on your hands and knees. And again, if that's not a possibility for you, there are options to do those exercises either on your back, seated or standing. So I would highly encourage you to come to my class because I know that I know what I'm talking about. Um, But do speak to, if you go to another teacher, speak to them and explain to them what you can and what you can't do. And they should be able to give you alternatives. And if they can't give you an alternative, look for another teacher. Um, Or send your teacher my direction for some additional training and how to make their class accessible to more people. Really important. That's really important to me that my classes are accessible to more people. It was important to me before I got diagnosed with Crohn's. It's become even more important to me post Crohn's because I now know what it's like to not be able to do certain things. Before I was just consciously aware of it and I didn't want people to feel excluded from the class. Now I have my own personal experience and I still don't want people to feel excluded from the class. What else? Yoga. Yoga can be really useful and again it's going to come down to the type of class that you go to and the teacher that you work with. There should definitely be emphasis on protecting your joints, listening to your body, moving in an adequate range of movement. So when I say an adequate range of movement, particularly for women, we tend to be hypermobile, particularly in our wrists and elbows. That's a really common place. But there are women who are also hypermobile in their hips and their knees. If you did a lot of yoga during pregnancy, you may have overstretched your tendons and ligaments, um, which then makes the joints unstable. So you have to work extra hard at stabilising those joints, building strength in the muscles round about. Sometimes that means including weights. Sometimes it means just being really, really, really body aware in how you're moving and making sure that you're not extending beyond a normal range of movement. And if you need help with these things, I do teach classes in person in Glasgow and also online via Zoom. So no matter where you are in the world, I would be able to help you either within a class environment. I also work with people one-to-one on these things. Other thing would be if you like going into the gym, going into the gym, lifting heavy weights, brilliant for building strength, brilliant for protecting your body. If you are not used to being in the gym or you're intimidated by it or you're uncertain of what it is that you're doing, please do get signed up with a personal trainer. Either look for a small boutique gym. I can recommend lots of amazing personal trainers around Glasgow um, who have small private studios and also personal trainers that work out of gyms that will really help take these take your technique into consideration and teach you the best way for you to move for your body and everything that underpins all of that is always listening to your body so when you're doing an exercise if it doesn't feel right 
if you're feeling pain somewhere in your body, whether you're working out by yourself, you're working out in a class or working out with a trainer, always make sure that you really make it clear what it is that doesn't feel right and if it's me that you're working with, I will find another way for you to do that or to make small tweaks or the person that you're working with should be looking at how you're moving, are there small tweaks that they can make to your movement or make adjustments or adaptations to it so that it feels right for you. I've had loads of people come to me and through working with me and it's come up that I can't do a lunge, that's totally fine. Explain to me what happens when you do a lunge, right, let's see how we can work around this so that we can get the benefit of the exercise where it works for your body and that might be we start working from the floor bringing it up or we change how you go into the movement or it might be that you don't ever do that movement but you do something similar that gives you the same benefits and I think that's really important when it comes to movement and when it comes to looking after your body. I've spoken to loads of people recently who have told me that as they are aging they don't want to become frail old ladies I don't want to become a frail old lady. I want to be as strong as I possibly can be so that I can get myself through my day. I had a woman come to me who's 76. She had a fall about a year ago, broke a couple of vertebrae and discovered that she has osteoporosis from that. And, you know, she's in her mid-70s and she wants to be able to move without pain. She wants to be able to play with the grandkids. She wants to be able to drive around so that she doesn't lose her independence. And I certainly can speak from my own personal experience that you don't realise how much you've lost until you lose it. And that independence, if you're a driver, of not being able to just jump in the car and go to somewhere because you're in pain or you don't have the energy to get from A to B, Just knowing that you can't do that is heartbreaking. It makes you feel so isolated and that you're having to rely on other people. And it's great that other people can come in and help you. But if you are and have always been a strong, independent woman, then having that taken away from you is devastating. So making sure that you are building strength. I have a wonderful workshop that is an on-demand workshop. And it's about building your strength from the ground up. So it's foot mobility and strength. When we have strong foundations, that is what is going to help keep us upright. That is what is going to help the rest of the muscles work better. If our feet are mobile and our feet are responsive, it's going to help take pressure off our joints. That's going to reduce the risk of arthritis or reduce the risk of ongoing arthritis. So if you want any more information on that, head over to my website, I am jenwilson.com forward slash feet and then use the discount code podcast to get a special discount for you. I'm going to wrap up today's session. If you have any questions, please do reach out to me on any of the social media platforms that I'm on. You can email me jen at iamjenwilson.com My website is iamjenwilson.com where you can see all the different ways that you can work with me. And if there is anything specific that you want me to talk about, please do reach out, get in touch and I can do a podcast on it. 
have a wonderful day whatever you are doing and I will speak to you on the next show